0: And all it took was a little nudge to get them at throws. Well, at WrestleMania, that little nudge will turn into a big push for Tyler Black and Prince Nevitt when I send them down to the bingo halls so they can too sweet all you little indie fans. Excuse me, uh, the, uh, the fuck did you just say? Wag. <laughs> Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, A.J. Orsini. Hello, everybody out there. This is A.J. Orsini, I am your host for Orsini's Uncensored Mind. We are here with episode 26, not 2.6. We're not breaking it into decimals. It is episode 26, and I am here Exhausted as I ever could be in the house of oh, you know, I've been, I think I've done every single episode here. The plan was to move around, and I haven't moved around very much. I guess that's on me. But thank you so much for downloading You thank you so much for listening to the show. If you are listening on the Podbean app, thank you for downloading the app. If you are listening on Podbean.com, thank you for listening. But of course, ajoum.pomb.com is not the only way to listen to my show. We are also on other platforms. I don't know if you guys saw my little Instagram, a little IG vid. We did a commercial recently with, uh, with Miss and Zoe, a little platforms commercial, doing it, uh, doing it a little bit more professional. We listed all the platforms for you on that episode, but I'll gladly go through them again. Of course, if you're not listening to our show or my show on the Podbean Bean app, of course, you can go to iTunes. You can go to Stitcher Radio. You can go to Google Play Music or you can go to the TuneIn Radio app and listen to our CDs Uncensored. My, I'm channeling my, uh, my wife there, Mrs. O, who has become um, quite a fixture on this show. She's coming out of her shell a little bit. The more we get her on here... Uh, the more she tends to open up a little bit Last week we did the interview segment I'm going to get into why I got interviewed uh, in a second That was not the intention That's what we ended up doing It We spiced things up and changed it up uh, We had a different host last week Mrs. O was the host And I was the interviewee instead of the interviewer I got asked the personal questions Not as personal as I thought she was going to get I guess we'll uh, we'll get her out of her show a little more as we go along. But what what had happened was I had another guest in mind. And this is why I say to everyone that I don't announce the interview uh, guests until they are literally in my home. Then I announce my guests so that I know for a fact that the, inf- that the uh, show is in the can and I know I can edit and I know it's going to get out because it will be done on my time. Um, I don't announce until that happens. So what ha- happened was I got a message that day. Some things went down, um, not between me and the other person, but, you know, in their personal life, and they could not make it. It was actually two guests that were supposed to come in, shoot the shit and chat with your main man, Ajor and it could not happen. As a last-minute replacement, I had another gentleman who was supposed to be here, one individual, and I got no showed. I still haven't heard from this person. So, the last ditch effort was I became the interview guest. <laughs> it was an idea that spurred because I didn't. I had two interview, uh, th- uh, two interviews lined up for the week, and my wife kind of came up with this idea. Hey, what if I, what if I interviewed you? What if we change it around and did da 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 da? So it actually worked out pretty good. Um, she sounded great. She did great. Uh, I think the reason why she did so well though was that she was very, very well prepared. Well prepared. I mean, the notes. That's professional shit. She had grade A notes right in front of her. So uh, I gotta take a note from. Uh, I take a note from the misses and see if I can be a little bit more prepared for my shows. I like to be more off the cuff. I don't like reading off of some shit. She had literal dialogue down i don't i don't want to do that but uh, i do have bullet points much like i have bullet points in front of me as we speak and we've got some stuff to get down here i'm gonna be a little uh little wrestling heavy on this show gonna give you the heads up now and the reason for that is because it's it's WrestleMania season all right it's, it's time for the WrestleMania. it's coming up april 8th i'm not gonna sit here and plug wwe shit but it's happening april 8th It's WrestleMania 34. They they stopped with the numbers, but I've been counting for literally 34 years. So it's WrestleMania 34. It's the only way that I can keep up with it. If they did the NXT thing where they just attached the show to the venue or to the city, it might be easier. But they they repeat so many times now. You know where we're going back to New Orleans because you can't do like WrestleMania 30 was New Orleans. Now, granted, it was the last uh, of the numbers. It was the last WrestleMania with numbers, 30, uh, but it was in New Orleans, so 34 is also in New Orleans, and uh, we can't, <laughs> we, we, we just can't do, uh, like they do for NXT Brooklyn, we're already way on Brooklyn, uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 74, so I don't think they want to do that, that defeats the purpose, you want to get away from the numbers, you want to get away from counting, so I still, in my head, keep count, it's WrestleMania 34, it's coming up, uh i'm recording this tuesday the 27th so it's the day before and I'm, I'm putting it out uh smackdown officially over so we have some updated stuff as far as wrestlemania goes now here's the deal i don't want to get too in depth on wrestlemania i'm itching i'm itching i really am uh this is the one wwe show that i really 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 do want to talk about because it's the one wwe show i really 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 care about so uh, I want to get into it but I'm going to resist the urge I'm not going to do that uh, Because I will sit here and talk about it all day And I've got plans So uh, let's let's talk about said plans I, I've mentioned on the show a couple times That I've been interested in doing another round table And I had made reference to possibly doing one for Wrestlemania And officially I can confirm that I am uh, Once again I, I, can, I will not confirm the guests until I know for a fact they are in my house. But the uh, the roundtable is booked. The date is set. Uh, we're going to be doing it on a particular date. And as we did for the Royal Rumble, it will be uh, an exclusive one. It will air the day of WrestleMania, which would be, again, April 8th. That's why I keep plugging the date, because that's going to be the next exclusive episode, uh, uh, April 8th. We will be releasing the episode uh, around noon so that everyone can get their, uh, get their get their fix, get their hands on as we lead up uh, to um, to WrestleMania. So uh, I do have the card in front of me and because everything has been happening so fast and furious on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I, I would like to at least run down what the card's going to be. Uh, I'm not going to get that balls deep into it. But to discuss the card, uh, or at least name what the card is going to be, it uh, uh, shouldn't be that much, it uh, shouldn't be that crazy. So again, I, I, I don't want to get in-depth. Uh, we will be getting in-depth on the show, on the on the, uh, the, the WrestleMania go-home, the WrestleMania exclusive. Um, and and I, I really am looking forward to doing that, uh, that round table again. So for those of you keeping score at home, this, is based, this WrestleMania is basically a Night of the Champions pay-per-view, essentially, because of just about every fucking title. I have it in front of me. Universal, WWE, Intercontinental, US, both women's championships, both tag champs, and the Cruiserweight. So officially, yeah, every fucking belt that they have is on the line at WrestleMania. I don't know for good or for bad. They are all entirely on WrestleMania. So let's start at the bottom here. No particular order. I, again, I'm not going to get in-depth. I do want to do my uh, my match listings. We're going to do a whole bunch of stuff on that go home. It's going to be a pretty ballsy, pretty ballsy show. But, uh, yeah, so officially as of tonight, the uh, challenge has been issued and accepted. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Daniel Bryan's back in the ring. We're going to talk a little bit about Daniel being back here in just a little bit. But Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon is back. They will be taking on the tandem of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I'm going to be honest with you, I like this match a lot better than Owens versus Zayn one-on-one. So I'm glad that's happening. Uh, the two battle royals, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which they should really, at this point, considering everything that has been going on the last few weeks, uh, they really should re- rethink these battle royals. But uh, as of right now, it's on. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, I'm done talking about Moola. I got it all out of my system. We did it again last week a little bit. I'm not going to do it again. It's what it is. WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in a mixed tag team matchup. They've done some great promo uh, promo work for this matchup. Can't wait to get into that and discuss that next uh, the next time we can cedric Alexander versus mustafa ali for the cruiserweight championship that was the match i saw coming i didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show just yet like i said the interview thing ate up a lot of what we were trying to do but that was the matchup that i wanted that was the matchup that we got can't wait to talk about that also made official official as of tonight's triple threat tag team match for the wwe smackdown tag team championship of course the usos jimmy and jay defending the smackdown tag team titles against the new day uh, I'm I'm not sure which combination of two. I'm going. I'm probably going to go with Biggie and and Xavier for this one. I'm that's a guess. I'm not sure. We'll see. And uh, the third team is the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan. I don't know if Rowan's going to be able to uh, live up to the legacy. You know, his uh, his last WrestleMania match was with The Rock. You know, in a semi-main. So. It's a pretty high-profile situation. We'll see how he adapts to this mid-card status here for the Tag Team Championship. Speaking of Tag Team Championship, the Raw Tag Team titles also on the line as The Bar, Cesaro, and Seamus defend their Raw Tag Team Championship against Braun Strowman, the Monster Among Men, and his partner TBD, my main man, Vacant, competing for the Raw Tag Team Championship as a challenger. Vacant usually is the champion. He'll be going in as the challenger. For this WrestleMania, uh, we have the two women's matches, both Raw and SmackDown. Raw being represented by champion Alexa Bliss against her former best friend, former Team Rude member Nia Jax. That build-up's been pretty good. A SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, the dream match for uh, for people who've been following along here. All right, we've got the uh, multi-man Mania as the United States Championship will be defended in a Fatal Four Way. By the champion, Randy Orton. I still can't believe Randy Orton is going into WrestleMania as the U.S. champion. That's so weird. He'll be defending against the glorious one, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and of course, Rusev Day. Rusev is now the fourth member of the Fatal 4-Way here in this matchup. Of course, the triple threat match. of The Miz, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor, which in my opinion has all of the capabilities of stealing the fucking show. And then we have our two heavyweight championship matches. Of course, Brock Lesnar will be sided with Paul Heyman as he goes to the ring to take on everyone's favorite performer of all time. Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. And, of course, my main event, everyone's main event for this pay-per-view, this uh, network special, this whatever the fuck you call it, the WrestleMania main event for this year. For the WWE Championship, champion, uh, the Phenomenal one, AJ Styles defending against the artist shinsuke nakamura at wrestlemania 34 and i gotta tell you uh loving this card i am loving this card uh all the hate all the bullshit How, I, I really can't believe like i really can't believe that people will look at brock lesnar and roman reigns and say ah that match is terrible fuck it i'm not watching wrestlemania really you're not watching for styles of nakamura you're not watching for the triple threat match. You're not watching for Cedric and Mustafa, who are going to absolutely surprise everyone and kill it. You're not watching for this really hyped mixed tag team match. You're not re- you're not going to watch for the return of Daniel Bryan. Simply because Lesnar and... Re- Get the fuck over yourselves. I-, I can't wait to have this discussion in the-, the round table. This is a pretty nice card. I'm stacked. I- I'm stacked. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm in A cup at best. But I am hyped for this pay-per-view, this network special, this whatever the fuck you want to call it. Wrestlemania, New Orleans. Speaking of Wrestlemania, not sure if you guys heard the official word, but next year's Wrestlemania will be in New Jersey, East Rutherford, Wrestlemania 35, returning to the place in which they had Wrestlemania 29, which I was in the building for. Now, here's the thing with wrestling shows. Okay? I've, been, I've spent a majority of my uh, life going to wrestling shows. All that kind of came to a screeching halt when I became a performer myself and when I started working on shows and putting shows together and, and being more inside, um, the wrestling shows kind of stopped. I don't really go to wrestling shows to watch and be a fan anymore, even if it's an indie show that's nearby. I, I, I really won't. I won't do it. Unless I'm booked on a show, I really don't go. And This includes WWE events. I don't do house shows. I don't do Raw. I don't do Smackdowns. I almost caved for the 25th anniversary. You guys know about that. Thank God I didn't fall for that fucking carrot. Um, The Big Four are usually the only ones that I really cave for. I've been to all, all four of the Big Four. I did 2011 Survivor Series. I did the Summer, uh, which was the 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 first Summer Slam in Brooklyn. Was that 2000? I want to say 15, 14. The one with uh, Seth Rollins and John Cena, and. I did uh, WrestleMania 29, and I did the Royal Rumble in 2008. So I, I've I've got all four uh, of the Big Four down, and uh, now that I've completed all four, that's kind of when. It, actually, now that I think about it, it's kind of when it when it all went out the window when I hit when I finally hit the Big Four. So uh, so Russell, I don't really do a whole lot of wrestling shows, but WrestleMania definitely will be one that I will be attending. So next year's WrestleMania, uh, not only will I be doing hopefully the show. I was hopefully I will still be doing the show by then, but hopefully I could do something special at the show, um, you know, at WrestleMania uh, where I could do it for the either the YouTube or, or as an episode. We will uh, we will see, but I will be there with bells on. The goal here is uh, as hard as and difficult as it may sound because it's WrestleMania. It's high ticket price. It's hard ticket grab, but um, I'm trying to get my whole family to go. Um, there's a story behind all this, and I will discuss more about my my history with WrestleMania on next week's episode because next week's episode will be a solo show that I'm doing where it's kind of a go-home. Um, I don't want to spoil anything uh, as far as uh, WrestleMania because I'm saving most of my material for the roundtable, but I have a very interesting story when it comes to WrestleMania that I want to share, and I'll share it privately with you guys, just me and you. You know, the little little private one on one time next week and I will do that as we get closer. So WrestleMania thirty five will be in East Rutherford. It's being promoted as New York, New Jersey. If you're from the area, you know how much horse shit that is. That promotional shit is for the people not in New York and New Jersey. That's for the Floridans, that's for the Californians, that's for the Texans, the people flying in overseas. That's that's the that's the pull. But in reality, uh, it's not in New York. It's not near you New York. For those of you who are not in the New York area, let me allow me to explain to you the fucking process in which it takes to get to this fucking building. Uh, anywhere you live in New York, it doesn't really fucking matter. Uh, what borough you're in, it doesn't matter. You got to take a fucking train to fucking Penn Station, in which point you have to grab a train from there to take you to Secaucus, New Jersey, which I don't know if you can tell by the name of the town. It's a piece of shit. Like Secaucus is a very appropriate name for this town in New Jersey because it is the shits. It smells like the shits. It looks like the shits. If you live in Secaucus and you're downloading the show, I apologize, but you live in a turd. This is what it is. When we went for WrestleMania 29, okay, there were actually people laughing about this we took the train to Sokakucu because from Secaucus, you have to take like this special train that goes like right to the right to the fucking stadium it's like the last stop there's no there's no drive through. you take a train that goes straight from Secaucus to the fucking building and that switchover in Secaucus, we were in the train station and it smelled of absolute ass. there was unadulterated butthole odor in that entire fucking place. I mean, from transfer point because remember you're taking the train from penn station to secaucus so from there i think from penn station to secaucus even though it's like a few minutes ride it's still like i don't know six or seven stops something like that somebody will be able to clarify it for me i could look it up uh but i don't care but as soon as the door opens like new york's has a scent to it As it is, I'm immune to it because I'm in this motherfucker every day. But it's not exactly the cleanest place to live, right? So you already come from a shit area. And then you take that shit air with you onto the train. And then you take the train to an area that has shittier air. So it's like really bad air. And then it combines with shittier air. And it just makes like shittier squared air. I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that mathematically, Secaucus is a shitty place is what I'm trying to say. Luckily, you don't have to be there for very fucking long because uh, especially for event days, the trains are kind of like, they're free-flowing here. You're, you're moving at a pretty good pace. All of the Because it's a building that fits like almost 80,000 fucking people, um, the fucking trains are packed to the fucking gills, of course. So you take people who probably did not wash uh, appa- uh, 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 all the areas in which they needed to hit you know they were literally half-assing the bath, and you get on a train with them, and it becomes—it's a bad—it's a bad time, okay? Because you went from shit air to shittier air, right? Air shit air squared, and then you combine it with another like uh, this. This sentence in like parentheses, and it's next to the problem, so you have to figure out the square. Actually, I know. I think the way that it works is you figure out the parenthesis, and then you figure out the square, and then you have to multiply, and what you have is an algebraic expression of shit. That's what you have. Everything here is shitty, and I don't like the trip. Did you get the vibe yet that I don't like the fucking trip to go to this fucking building? The building's awesome, by the way. The building's great. I had a great time in that building. It was awesome. The food was great. Uh, taking a piss was easy, because the bathrooms are like the size of mansions, or... They're huge, there's like 30 or 40 urinals per bathroom, and then there's 40 bathrooms, so that's like as It's, it's, it's it, there's math involved, more math here, and basically, in essence, there's a ton of places to take a piss and or shit, whatever your defecating waste management needs are, this building facilitates, so it's really, really good. So I had a fun time. Uh, weather-wise, people bitching, but weather-wise, we had a little bit of a drizzle, uh, a little light mist, if you will, during the Ms. Wade Barrett Intercontinental Championship uh, pre-show matchup, but pretty much from opening pyro to well, actually no, did we get? I don't even remember getting pyro. I don't think we got pyro, but opening opening segment to the main event. I mean, it was crystal clear. Weather was good. I got no complaints, which means that's why I'm going back. I'm gonna roll that dice, baby. See what happens. And I'm gonna go. And hopefully the family comes with me and hopefully they can share in the stink. Because I refuse to do this fucking train ride alone. If I am going to suffer, it's only fair that other others around me suffer as well. Okay? Sakaucus, that's exactly and you should pronounce it like that. Cause on the map, if you like if you're on the train, the train goes, Now arriving at Sakhaus. No, that's way too tame. They should really get that a train lady to say Sakakis. Like with the throat. There should be an esophagus included in the pronunciation of Sakakis. It is a terrible place. A terrible place. And if you raise children there, you should leave. Or the fucking people who take children should take children take your children from you. You're an unfit parent. If you're raising your child in Sakis, shame on you. Seriously. But yeah, WrestleMania 35 will be in New Jersey, East Rutherford. Not New York, New Jersey. It's way the fuck over there. Okay? Truthfully, for those of you who don't live in New York, whenever they run events in Brooklyn, they're not running events in New York. Side note. I don't know if you guys know that. When they say we're going to be... You notice when they advertise the Barclays Center. They don't say New York or New York City. They say Brooklyn. Because I don't know if you guys know But here in New York, New York City is Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, that other place up top that I don't like talking about. That's not New York City. Yes, we connect. Yes, we kind of consider it all the same thing. But on paper, it's not. So it can't be advertised the same. So when I say New York, New Jersey, they're really, really wrong. Like, I was I list- I was I was looking this up. WrestleMania is going to be at MetLife, but Raw, SmackDown, NXT TakeOver, the Hall of Fame, all that good shit is going to be at the Barclay. And like I just said, that's in Brooklyn, not in New York. So regardless of how you shape this out, all of the information concerning anything revolving WrestleMania being New York is not only false advertisement, but it is completely 100% bullshit and incorrect. So just keep that shit in mind. If you're planning on going to WrestleMania for... Uh, you know, for a trip, if you're coming from overseas or cross country, don't look for hotels in New York. You have to get a hotel in Northern Jersey. I'm sorry, that's the only way to do it. If you're trying to get the hotel in New York so that you can do the whole tourist thing, you know, tour New York and then go head over to Brooklyn and watch the shows or take the train into New Jersey for WrestleMania, just remember the story I just told you shitty air squared, algebraic expressions of shit. That is what you are in store for, okay? It's like, it's like wiping your ass and using the fumes for chloroform over your mouth, and it stops you from breathing, and honestly, it stops you from wanting to live. That's what it does. When I left MetLife to go back to New York, now remember, it's like 11 o'clock at night or like 12 o'clock at night, so the trains are running a lot less frequent, so you got a lot more ass air, if you will, okay then any human should be exposed to so just keep that shit in mind all right get your hotels in new jersey take the new jersey transit it's not the most dependable train or bus system but it's going to get you to where you need to go with about as minimal amount of ass as you can possibly get all right keep that shit in mind speaking of not wanting to be ass because no one should want to be ass I have to pay my respects. I have been going to war recently. I've been having my own private slash public little war on social media about my comments regarding New Japan because I'm not a big New Japan guy. And I get killed for it a lot. How could you not like it? It's the best thing ever of all time in the world right now forever because reasons. I have said it a thousand times. I respect the effort in the ring. I love how the performers present themselves uh, to the, the presentation in which new Japan has is second to none. Love it. They do some production things even better than the WWE. And this is fact, but I can't, I can't, I can't co-sign this. I can't I'm not a big new Japan guy. I'm not. However, they just had a show here in the States uh, over. I think it was long beach, strong style evolved. And The Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, and the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, just had uh, what I consider one of the great tag matches I've ever seen. Uh, And that's coming from someone who thought Okada and Omega was extremely overrated. I actually thought this tag match was dope, awesome, top to bottom. But here's... Allow me to explain why. Because I know I'm going to come off hypocritical saying that. Okay. I know I'm going to come off hypocritical saying that. But the facts are this. I don't follow a lot of New Japan. And I don't follow a whole lot of Ring of Honor. Anymore I don't anyway. But what I do follow is YouTube channels. And, you know, to their credit, they're fucking everywhere. Everywhere. So I can't help but keep up with the fact that Cody and Kenny are... splitting a wedge between the group and and, and and Cody's kind of doing his own thing, but he's playing it all. It's weird. The American Nightmare thing is working out pretty good for him. Kenny, as well, uh, doing pretty well for himself with or without Bullet Club. I'm not a big Bullet Club guy. I'm really not. I think it was a cool concept when it started, but that was, what, how many years ago? A long time ago. These groups don't have shelf life like that. They don't. So I'm kind of glad that everyone's splitting up and doing their own things now, and that's cool. They've been doing it for a long time together, so it's nice to see them apart. But regardless, I'm I'm not big on uh, on the Bullet Club. So to see the two teams in uh, in Ibushi and Omega against, against the uh, the Young Bucks, you expect a certain type of match, you know? Because again, YouTube clips, highlights. This is all you ever sees. You know, quote unquote, the flippy shit or the spots that make no sense, or whatever. But I actually I actually watched this matchup, bell to bell, bell to bell, and I got to say, this was amazing, and it helps to have a backstory. I think that's what it was. Matt Jackson selling the, the, the lower back. Kenny Omega not wanting to go full throttle because at the end of the day, yeah, they're trying to figure out who the better tag team is, but you know what? At the end of the day, those are good friends of his. They've been on the road together. They've they've conquered uh, so many obstacles together. I mean, it helps that Jim Ross was doing the commentary for this, but I don't think it mattered. To be honest with you, I think Jim did a great job. I think Josh also did a good job. Uh, but I don't. I think the way that the the wrestlers sold their story, and especially since Japan, the Japan audience is very quiet. You can hear a lot of the in-ring stuff and the way that they're yelling at each other, communicating with each other, the way that they're emoting, the way that Kenny is even on the apron selling the fact that, you know, like uh, like when they take cheap shots against Coda and, and you just see the look on his face like, come on, man, what are you doing? And Nick said it, you know, Kenny would take out Matt. Hey, man, what's your problem? You can just you just got the vibe that it was real, that it was personal, that it was legit four guys just having problems with their emotions trying to keep it competitive all the way down to that sick-ass v-trigger at the end i don't want to give spoilers to who won and and who didn't uh in case you haven't had a chance to see it yet but listen it, it's an amazing matchup this is one of the rare few new japan matches where if i had it on loop uh i could i could watch the fucking match all day bell to bell one of the best tag matches I've I've literally ever seen, and it's it it's it kind of pissed me off when I saw it. It really did. It really I I saw the match and it really pissed me off because I was like I I knew I knew that all four, not just the box, not just Kenny, not just Coda, I knew all four were capable of this amount of entertainment, this amount of athleticism. And to put on this kind of this caliber of a match. Uh, not just with the spots. The spots helped the psychology. They told a story. And it was an interesting story. Not just I worked the body part. They they chose to tell a very compelling story. They used their bodies to do it. That's pro wrestling. That's the that's what I keep telling everybody. I don't care about the comedy shit. I don't even care about the flippy shit. Just make the flippy shit mean something. What's the point? What's the goal? What are we angling at? At the end of the day, this matchup, the Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks, it was a matchup between two teams who really do have some sort of respect for each other. But at the end of the day, it's competitive. And each team is having a hard-ass time putting the other one down. That's Pro wrestling. I don't need the other shit. I don't need 77 super kicks. I don't need a a an eight person dropkick double down. I don't need all that crap. This is what I need. That's what I want my main event tag team matches to look like. That was a work of art. That was beautiful, and that's why it pissed me off. Cause I was like, dude, I can get this shit all the time. You know how to do this? Cause you're making money doing the other shit, which is fine. Cause at the end of the day, you're making money, but. That's not the type of shit that I'm into. That's not the type of shit that I want to watch. This tag match, that was something I want to watch. And I'm begging. I'm begging for somebody to, to send me a video, uh, a YouTube clip, something. Not even a clip. I want a full match. Okay? A full match of Will Ospreay wrestling like that. Because I haven't seen it yet. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he can't do it. What I'm saying is I haven't seen it yet. So if anybody would like to point me in the direction of the Will Osprey match where he only took, I'll say, three or four big bumps and told a story for the rest of it, then I'm down to watch it. But I don't think anybody can find that footage. He's an attraction. I keep telling everybody. He's an attraction. Nothing wrong with attractions. But don't put him in the category of best wrestler. Don't do that because he's not. Okay. This tag match was great. It was great uh, 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 and and I would recommend it. I can rec- I would recommend it. I would tell you to go looking for it online, but as a professional, you know I can't do that. So, you know what to do. njpwworld.com or if that's not the full URL and I know it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have an on-demand streaming service much like the WWE. Go check that out. Strong style evolved, man. Good show. Good show. I, I saw some other clips from the show. Damn good show overall. I wish I would have uh, gotten a chance to see the whole thing. Bell the Bell. That's definitely a show. I feel like I could have put on, um, and uh, and and enjoyed it. I, I'm starting to notice that some of my favorite New Japan shows that I that I, I I am getting hip to are not the Wrestle Kingdoms. The Wrestle Kingdoms to me are disgusting. I can't sit here all day and do this. So like if I can get a match here or a match there, I don't know. Maybe I can finally turn around. But I mean if I get more matches like this tag match, yeah, I could definitely turn around. But I don't see that. You know? More no selling. More beating more be- beating people up senselessly for whatever reason. Yada yada yada. But yeah. Great tag match. Uh speaking of great. Speaking of great. Okay, this was great. I mean, we we gotta talk about great right now, okay? And of course I didn't get the chance to talk about this last week. We were doing the interview, so forgive me for forgive me for being a week or so behind on this. But the ultimate deletion, we we have to talk about the ultimate delete. We have to talk about this. Ultimate deletion has to be discussed. Okay, listen. I (laughs) I much like okay, much like the rest of the world, in my opinion. When final deletion took place, in uh, in the WW now uh, not WWE, <laughs> in the uh, in, in in TNA, okay, I hated it. I, I I want you to hear again. I hated it. Okay, the one with Jeff Hardy, the very 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 first one, and I think to be fair, the only reason why I hated it is because up until that point, I hadn't been keeping track. Of what Matt was doing. I, I, I didn't know much about the broken character. When I saw it. So the match itself. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. It just looked like crazy. Stupid shit. But then I saw the turn. How he became broken. And, and, and his journey. And build. To that match. With uh, with Jeff Hardy. And it made more sense somehow <laughs> if you look at the storyline you look at the gimmick it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense at any point in time but as you follow it from the beginning it started to make more and more and more and more and more sense uh it's the one criticism i have of the broken character in wwe because they kind of just jumped to it they didn't really take the time to simmer it up to that point point. and i know it would have drove internet fans crazy to spoon feed the broken thing every week considering they had already seen it but the wwe universe had not so it would have been new to them. And it would have been interesting to see the WWE audience and how they would have grown with it. Uh, but we didn't get to do that. We're going right into it uh, with the Bray Feud. And now we have Ultimate Deletion. And when it opened up with Vanguard 1 and the green uh, hovering Matt Hardy head. Oh, man. Just everything going on. Senor Benjamin, Queen Rebecca. Just everyone back the full... The full hearty clan all back together with that backyard wrestling ring they got. We got to see Skarsgård, the dilapidated boat. We got to see the Lake of Reincarnation. Of course, my favorite part, and I think it's everybody's favorite part. The, the part the, the part of the what is it? Uh, uh, chair of wheels, mower of lawn. <laughs> oh, it was the best thing ever. I literally cried. I cried tears of magnificent joy. I loved it. I absolutely loved this version of it because it felt it. It's it's everything that people wanted. Uh, in my opinion, it, it's everything that I I think people wondered about when they filmed it and they did it in TNA. uh it was good. It was interesting, and but I think everyone had the same thought process. Man, if he could do that in the WWE with their production value, with with their budget, it would be it would probably be like ten times crazier. And it was, and it was. I thought. Now is this to me is just kind of like scratching the surface. I think this is like a bare, raw version of what this could be. I think over time. As the audience starts to adapt more and more to what this gimmick is about and what they do, I think they'll be able to get a little crazier, like they did with uh, what was a tag team Apocalypto when they had the tag team Invitational and the Rock and Roll Express, and, and they start, and they started uh, you know burying talent so they could impress the man of three H's. Like that's the area in which I think, like over time, they're gonna be able to get to. Uh, one more part about this I want to bring up. The uh, the uh, the reimagining of the house of uh, of Sister Abigail, the one that Randy Orton had supposedly well not supposedly I mean I guess he did uh, that he burned down as a mind game to Bray Wyatt uh, was was so good and it was so eerie and I I thought it was good because I just thought it was a nice play into some previous stuff. It's one of those things where like if you don't pay attention, you missed it. Unfortunately, they followed it with a Scooby-Doo-like segment where Bray is attacking these makeshift Jeff Hardy imagination tombstones with a with a kendo stick, and they were doing the whole running around smashing. It was it was that part got kind of goofy, but hey, you take your goofy with your good when it comes to these fucking broken mat, uh, these broken mat segments. So, I overall I thought it was great. I loved it. I had a lot of fun watching it. I thought it was a little long, but I think that was just because they made sure to hit pretty much all the points as far as the compound. I think the compound was the big star here. They were trying to make sure that everybody got a chance to see what the whole area looks like. So now when they do future segments, they don't have to showcase all of them at once. They just did it now, and now they can go room by room, house by house, section by section, and just go to, through whatever they need to do. Everything has been introed, and they don't have to spend their time uh, catching people up. So I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. And uh, I, again, I got to tell you, guys should check it out. There was some big news about a return. And unfortunately, um, there was another person besides Daniel Bryan who was cleared. And I wanted to make mention of this because it's not big news yet. And then... I don't know if I'm breaking it to you. I don't know if you're hearing it for the first time here. But if so, let's have the conversation. Let's talk about it. Big Cass has been cleared. Now, that's going to be, that to me is a very interesting situation. And the reason why it's interesting to me is because the WWE loves this guy. The management, the writing staff, Vince McMahon, they love this guy. Seven-footer, young, strong, tough guy. I know he got injured. I don't know if you would put injured in the same category as tough. But if this was the WWE of old, Cass would have never left. Cass Cass would have worked on that. Now it might have been not so good work because again he was working hurt, and maybe this was the best thing for him, which was just to uh, take that break, to take that break and to separate himself. And you know what? It was. It ended up, and I'm not going to say this as a as a negative. You know, leg injury sucks, but this was a good thing for him. I really think that. Because there's no Enzo anymore. Had he stayed, the comparisons between him and Enzo, well, Enzo's doing that, especially since Enzo was the Cruiserweight Champion. That Cruiserweight Championship shit was going to happen after that payoff. And I don't, I don't know if any of you remember, but Big Cass got injured in the big payoff matchup. It was the Jersey, or was it the New York, whichever one, street fight, where Cass uh, got injured, had the leg injury. After that matchup, Cass and Enzo were not wrestling each other anymore. Enzo was headed to the Cruiserweight division and Cass was headed whatever direction he was headed. I think he was feuding with the Big Show still. But he was going to be off to the races. Had Enzo and Cass split from not only their team but their feud and Enzo won the Cruiserweight championship, that would have put Cass, I think, in a really bad spot. And a lot of people would have been pointing fingers and making comparisons. But... Enzo's not here anymore, and Big Cass has been gone for quite a few months. That is a golden, no pun intended after everything I just discussed already, golden opportunity to do something with Cass. First things first, that theme has got to go. That whole presentation they put on Big Cass before he left was the shit. They were rushing it. They were forcing it. Now you don't have to. You got several months. And now that he's clear, you've had several months to put together a new package for him. All right? This is your chance to utilize a young, up-and-coming, tough, seven-foot monster. Don't get this wrong. And I think I think people should be paying more attention to this because I think Big Cass, whether we like it or not, is going to be a player in the WWE. So we need to keep focus on that. So I wanted to bring that little bit of information to you because everyone's talking about Daniel Bryan, but not a whole lot of people are talking about Big Cass, and Big Cass deserves an opportunity to prove what he can do and to prove what he's got. And I, for one, uh, I'm not his biggest supporter as far as his in ring stuff, but you know what? Kid's tough. He's going to come back. Let's see what he can do. Hopefully he's improved. Hopefully he's been in the PC doing his thing. All right, so big cast has been cleared. I absolutely cannot wait for that. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame coming up. I've already made my uh conversations and my feelings known pretty much about the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to run through all of them, but I will say this. Mark Henry, the big Texan, going into the Hall of Fame. And the one thing that I refuse to do and will never do is sit here and have the conversation as to whether or not he deserves to be in the hall of fame or not fuck you listen there's no main criteria for being in the wwe hall of fame vince's hall of fame so to speak vince is going to put in the guy that vince wants to put in and that's the end of the conversation of that all right so there's no real i get it there's no real criteria of that having said that if you're a fan and you have your criteria or you have your expectations and he doesn't meet it, that's fine. That's cool. You can say that. Hey, listen, he's not a Hall of Famer in my book or whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter. But your shit on the guy is so weird and it's so disgusting. It really is because, I mean, from what I understand, Mark Henry is extremely respected. Extremely respected. And I hear the criticisms all the time. If it's not sexual chocolate or the Hall of Fame, what has he really done? He's done a lot. A lot. Not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. And the way that he's worked with talent and the way that he's tried to set up the future for the rest of us. The guy has worked his ass off for a long, long, long time. Rocking those WWE letters. Rocking that WWE, those WWE co- uh, colors. Mark Henry's been the man for a long time. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And to be honest with you, the class was looking a little weak until Mark Henry walked in the door. All right. This class needed the world's strongest man. Okay? So I'm extremely, extremely happy to hear that Mark Henry is going in. I'm super duper happy about that. Couldn't Happer do a nicer guy, to be honest with you. Okay, so there's a lot of there's a lot of names going into this Hall of Fame. And I got to be honest with you. Not excited about a lot of them, but you know what? I'm going to I'm going to be dressed to the nines. I'm going to pay my respects because regardless of how I feel about the situation, these ladies and gentlemen helped pave the way uh for me and for more, and for many others like me. So, I have literally no complaints about the class. I respect everybody uh who who is going to to be inducted. And I wish everybody well on this night. Please enjoy yourselves, fans. Please stay in your lane, okay. Uh, as far as the uh, the WrestleMania Hall of Fame weekend and the Hall of Fame show, there is something that came up online, uh, of course, because everything happens on fucking line. And uh, I was called out. What I was called out for it was, I pitched this big fit about Moolah, and they said, how could you possibly be upset about Moolah and the WWE uh, Women's Battle Royal, but not be upset about the Ultimate Warrior and the Warrior Award? And to that, I say, long before the Moolah conversation, and long before I had a podcast, I was not on board with a warrior award or at least not in the not in the current state of said award because originally the warrior award was supposed to be given to individuals of uh uh, uh, behind the scenes who made the business easier who who did their job behind the scenes made everybody look like pros. The executives, the, uh, the, the the camera work people, the people in the truck. I mean, this was supposed to be a real behind-the-scenes, let's give someone the notoriety that they deserve on the staff for their daily, daily work. And instead, what they did was they turned the award into a PR campaign, which wouldn't be that big of a deal uh, normally because you'd say, wow, good PR is good PR. Unfortunately, they're slapping the name of a racist, and uh, <laughs> you are slapping the name of a racist and just an overall douchebag uh, on, on this award. To be fair, and when I say called out, they, they were telling me, how, well, how could you support this and not the other? Here's, here's, where, I, here's where I find the difference. What Moolah was accused of, and not all of it was accusation foes. A lot of it was fact. It was based on evidence. It was eyewitness accounts, newspaper articles. I mean, shit was found. Okay, uh, believe me. After that sh- fucking announcement was made, everybody, everybody was fucking Magnum PI. Okay, everybody was figuring this shit out. Everybody was Perry Mason. This bitch, right? So the what Moolah did and what the Warrior did are two totally different things. Moolah was an asshole who did very asshole things. Warrior was an asshole. He didn't really do too many asshole things. Yes, he was a bit of a racist, but who wasn't back in the seventies and eighties? Yes, he broke Bobby Heenan's neck completely by accident, but unfortunately, he was also non-remorseful about the entire fucking situation. I mean, there is a laundry list of who's who in this business who clearly look at the warrior and basically call him a piece of shit. Yeah, you named your reward after that. Congratulations. But see, that's the thing. And that leads me down another road because after I, I explained that and I said, well, He was an asshole, he's a douche, he's this, 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 this. And and I don't really think they should have named the award after him. And their response to that was, well, if you take out everybody who did bad shit, then you wouldn't have anybody in the Hall of Fame. And to that statement, I say, okay, good, I'll sign up for that. I'll sign up for that. If you do bad things, if you do bad things, right, you're a bad person. And you don't do the right thing literally ever. And you fuck everybody around you over and all this different stuff. You should not get the benefit of the doubt just because everybody else around you did it. If I had a room full of 200 people and 180 people, okay, did bad things, I would kick the 180 people out. Whatever it is that I have to do in this ring, I'll do it Or not in my house or whatever the case may be i'll take the 20 people and i'll try to make it work i'd rather have people of character around me than not okay i don't give a shit how talented you are character goes a long way who you are are you an asshole yes okay so then we don't need to fucking talk about you ever why would we put assholes over don't you think that if you just nullified assholes and just spoke to the people who did the right things you would encourage more people to do the right things I literally heard this the other day. Well, if you went into the Baseball Hall of Fame and took out all the people who were slave owners or racists or drunks or wife beaters, you'd have nobody in the Hall of Fame. Good. Then abolish the fucking Hall of Fame then. If you can't find one decent motherfucker who ever put on a pair of cleats and a baseball uniform and you can't not only find that person but sell that person that is, as, a, as a good thing, then maybe you should abolish the fucking thing. I'm, I'm telling you, if, the, if you took all the people out of the WWE Hall of Fame who did bad things, and the only people left in the Hall of Fame when you were all over were like three fucking people, then that's your Hall of Fame class. And you can't see what I just did with my hand because this is audio and not visual, but I just fucking fist pumped and I tried really hard not to fucking hit this table. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, it was a long time. If you have to explain and you have to excuse, okay, if you have to do those things, then just don't fucking do it. If I have to explain to you that, yeah, Moolah did some bad shit, but she did it a long fucking time ago, we should get over it. No! There's no statute of limitations for stupid shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to be the person to remind people of this shit. This whole bullshit about, like, when people say, well, I don't hold grudges. I live and let learn, and I learn to forgive, and all that, that it clears their conscience. Oh, it is a way as heavy on me because I'm not holding the grudge. That's fine, bro. You can woosaw your ass on over there. Me? No. Once you do wrong, you are I, You are cut the fuck off. That's it. You're done. That's it. You're done. Okay. When you do bad shit to people and then the bad shit affects these people literally for the rest of their life and then you come and you change your life around. Now you're seeking forgiveness. Fuck you and your forgiveness. You're not getting any fucking forgiveness from me. Nothing at all. Ultimate Warrior did this big promo and did the whole thing for the comeback and everybody was loving it and he had this nice whore. You know what happened after that? The people who hated him still hated him. Because at the end of the day, no, much how, no matter how much turtle wax and polish you put on it, a turd will always be a turd no matter how much shit you put on it. No matter what, No matter what you do. People deserve second chances. People say, oh, people deserve second chances. We're not talking about people who made a mistake and then spent the rest of their lives being good people. Moolah spent 40 fucking years, minimum, being a douchebag. Ultimate Warrior spent a majority of his life being a douchebag. This is just what it is. We've got alcoholics in the WWE. We've got uh, murderers in the Hall of Fame. We've got Trumps in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Donald fucking Trump is in the fucking WWE Hall of Fame. The WWE Hall of Fame can now credit a fucking president to it. That's insane. It's insane. If you can't find people with good character and a resume to go into the Hall of Fame, that speaks more about you than it does the fucking Hall of Fame. Seriously. If the only reason you're putting someone in the Hall of Fame, in spite of the fact that they did all this terrible disgusting shit if the only thing you can rationalize in your head about all that is that well it was a long time ago or it was the generation that's what it was no bitch no, no 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 not at all now i feel bad in some way because the pr stunt has worked to some degree with eric legrand last year and this year we have Jer- uh, what is this jarius jj robertson a double liver transplant survivor and longtime WWE fan. I am a father. I have a son. If my son was a WWE fan and he was going through tough times, double liver transplants, uh, just organ problems, I mean, surgeries that can kill you, anything that my son is, is into, I would support. And JJ's love is the WWE, and his love is professional wrestling and the fact that he's getting the ultimate warrior award and not just for what I told you not not just for the double, the double liver transplant if he, there's an article that's here that's in front of me and he's overcome a lot he has a rare chronic liver disease that's been tearing him up his kid is 15 years old he's lived a life of horrors for 15 years so you could spin this and you can say man what what philanthropy on the on the uh, uh, you know the wwe's end here to give this kid a not even a make-a-wish just to give him an opportunity to be a star you know to be up there with all these hall of famers you can spin it that way if you'd like but at the end of the day the wwe is parading a sick kid around it's what they're doing well you don't have to sugarcoat it they're parading a sick child around it's what they're doing they did it they did it last year with eric legrand in the wheelchair rolling the out there and and having him do this speech again he he was a football player who suffered a tremendous injury that made him paralyzed if i'm not mistaken from the neck down and he's been also going through a crazy amount of stuff and he needs to be helped and 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 he had a moment up there on stage that was very good it was very good it's very heartwarming to hear these stories and to see these people so i get what the i get what the excitement is about him but at the end of the day, they're being paraded. It's not what the Warrior Award was for. If they had created an award, all new, all brand new, no tribute name, just like, like I don't know, what would you call it? Like a, a, the WWE, I don't know, Charity Award or Honorary, Superstar Honorary Award or whatever the fuck. And you just created this brand new award and gave it to these people and 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 took care of their families and airfare and hotel and all that and just gave them a a hell of a weekend to celebrate things. Man, that would be great. That would be awesome. But you took an award that was meant for something else by a guy who was completely full of shit about basically his entire life and you're slapping it on this kid who doesn't probably even fucking know who the Ultimate Warrior is up until when you told him he was receiving the award, and I'm sure he went on his mom's phone and Googled it. I mean, these are facts. <laughs> I'll call them opinions. They may not say facts. I don't think he. I'm out. I don't know for sure that he Googled the Ultimate Warrior on his mom's phone, but the facts are that the award was supposed to be something else, and they turned it into a goddamn PR move. That's what it is. Sorry. So I can't can't stand with that. So for those of you who are wondering, how can I possibly be against Moolah but not against the Warrior, newsflash, here it is. You're hearing it right now. I'm not for the award, and I'm not for the inclusion of the Warrior when it comes to sick kids, especially a a black sick kid because that's what what J.J. is. You don't want to be identified as just your color. I get it. But it's just ironic to me that a guy who – was very loose with his language when it comes to the colored folk uh, would have now two years in a row uh, black guys win these awards. So, I, I'm not a big fan of the Ultimate Warrior being used on this. But again, being in the business, you, you you support the Hall of Fame, you support the people who came before you. I don't have to like it. I do have to respect it. Because as Big of a douchebag as the Ultimate Warrior was, if it wasn't for his success, who knows what the WWE would have been back in the '80s? And if the WWE doesn't survive, God knows where I'm at. So I I gotta sit here and bite the tongue, and oh, I didn't do a very good job of biting my tongue. But I gotta sit here and play the game, essentially. So, and that's what I—that's the Hall of Fame stuff. We're gonna end this really quickly, but I do want to talk a little bit about Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, to be honest with you. That's why I saved it for the end, but the reason why I want to mention it even at all is because I, I, I have mentioned this a thousand times. I spoke about this on the podcast a thousand times about Daniel Bryan and the injury and the brain, and I've been very adamant about him not being able to be back in the ring, and I support the idea. I really don't think he should be in the ring. I, I, I really don't think he should. And I don't think he should risk it. I don't think he, especially as a father and a husband, he's got so much more on the line than when he was that young kid in the Rexplex. You know, he's got so many things going on, and I really wish that he would just, I I don't think he should be doing this. And that was the stance that I took um, up until I found out he was cleared, which, I got the notification on my phone. I immediately put that out to see if people had heard the news. And I'm not really much of a journalist. I'm not trying to break any news. But if I get something quick, I will definitely put it out. And I did with this. So the question became from my wife. Well, do you still feel the same way? He's back. He's been cleared. Because the information came out. It wasn't just that he was cleared by the WWE doctors. Apparently, he told the story in his speech. You know, he went to several different... uh, specialist and he went to neurologists neurologist and he did all these different tests and he ran to all these different doctors and he gave the specialist the uh, um, he gave the WWE doctor the, the opportunity to choose the specialist you know I'm not just going to see my guys I'll see your guys too and he did and he went to all these world renowned doctors and they all cleared him brain scans and all kinds of stuff and Daniel Bryan has a clean bill of health and was cleared to return to wwe action and if the question is aj do you still feel like you would keep him out of the ring in spite of the fact of everything that he's done and fighting for his dream and three years of really pushing to get back into the ring if you were the booker if you were the promoter if you were the owner would you still let this guy in the ring and the answer is no and here is the reason why. Because Daniel Bryan put a beating on his body, the likes of which normal human beings and for the record, normal wrestlers can't even fathom the injuries, the retina detachments, the concussions, the spinal contusions, the slip this, the bro the broken this, the spring that. His 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 hospital record is about three miles long. Okay? If you're telling me that in the course of the two or three years that he's been out of the ring, that he has been working diligently, eating healthy, training healthy, getting all of the health treatment he can possibly get, seeing the best specialists in the world, and and, and doing all these different things to get healthy. And there was even a report by one of the doctors that's saying that his brain and his skull is about as healthy as it has ever been. that all the damage... Has been trained and worked out. He is clear 100%. This is the moment to cash out your chips. You dodged a bullet. Because the biggest reason I never wanted him back in the ring. Is because he's got a daughter. He's a husband. Their family is going to need him to be mobile and moving around and not a broken down piece of shit that they have to carry up and prop up because Daddy can't walk anymore because he had to continue wrestling just a little while longer i know you have a clean bell of health i saw that i still don't think you should get in the ring i still don't believe you should do it you got away with one You dodged a bullet here. I don't want to keep saying the same things over and over, but it's true. I don't think people are starting to understand you dodged a bullet. Brother, you put, you gambled hard, and you almost crapped out. You were down to your last dollar, and then you recouped, and you damn near got all your money back. You got a clean bill of health. That's it. Put your hand on the chips, send them over to the fucking table person, and that's it. You're done. Cash out. That's it. That's all you need to do, man. And you're going to be great. But he's a competitor, and he can't do that. He needs to get in the ring. He doesn't want to retire that way. I get it. He needs to get in the ring. He wants to get in the ring. And he's going to get into the ring at WrestleMania. Luckily, in a tag match, nice easy way to get back in. Hot tag city. Zayn and no one's going to bump around and make him look like a fucking genius. And like he never lost a fucking step. And it's going to be a great match. I am steering into this kid, and I will support him because I know this is something that he really wants to do. Uh, Regardless of how anybody feels about it, at the end of the day, it's his life. It is his life. There's not much I can do about that or anybody can really do about that. He has the support of his wife. He has the support of his family. And he has the support of the few friends that I'm sure he has close to the vest. So he's going. Uh, It may not be full-time. There's no word on that. Right now, all we have is the WrestleMania match. If he's smart, no, it's not every night. Definitely not. Uh, Pay-per-views, maybe a few house shows here and there, depending on where and when, but they'd be short. I mean, you got to manage this guy. They have an opportunity. I'm going to spin this positive. The WWE just got a main event ball player dropped into their lap out of fucking nowhere. They have an opportunity now to do some crazy shit. A lot of dream matches on the card here. A lot's happened over the course of the three years he's been out. A lot of dream matches on the table. A lot of money to be made here. All right, his promo just tonight. One of the greatest Babyface promos I've heard in a long time. This guy is money. He was money when he left. And he seems to be just as big a draw now as he was then. So they need to play their cards right. He needs the right opponents. He needs the right stories. Play this shit up if you're going to use him if you're going to go in that direction he's gonna take a fucking pounding anyway he might as well get fucking paid for it okay and just do what you need to do and then when it's time get the fuck out but the problem is, is i don't think he'll ever know what time i don't think he'll ever know when too much is enough like rocky said, he's got that stuff in the basement he's got that stuff in the basement so i wish him well i have a feeling but that match at WrestleMania is going to be dope because I think Owens and Zayn are going to go out of their way to make that match as dope as humanly fucking possible. So, I wish him well. I hope everything works out. I can't wait to see him in the ring. But I will be cringing. And I will be waiting with faded breath. Every bump he takes, every moves he makes, I will be missing him. Wait, no, I'm not going to miss him anymore. He's back. He is back, so there's nothing really to miss. So that is episode 26. Not bad. Not bad at all, sir. i in my house. Listen to my daddy's soul. Listen to the SMI.